You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm John and we have um, an SWPL Derby Day special this weekend. And join me to help out is um, Vinny and Dave. How are you guys? Good to speak to you again. Yeah, good. Really looking forward to this, John. Uh, how are you, Dave? Doing well? Yeah, very well, thanks, gents and Fiona. Uh, very well, uh, thank you. And yeah, uh, f- fantastic. Can't wait to, to chat all things women's football today. Yes, as Dave's alluded to, um, we do have a special guest, um, a very special guest tonight, the Managing Director of SWPL, and who better to come on to preview this weekend's action. Uh, Fiona McIntyre, welcome back to... Can we now call this your favourite podcast? This is your second appearance, and you also met with um, Erin last week. I think that's fair, John. I'll let you away with that one. <laughs> How are you keeping? I am good, thank you. Just um, busy and looking forward to this weekend. It's a busy time for us, so um, the games are coming thick and fast now, and this weekend's um, shaping up to be quite exciting. Yeah, certainly is a, um, a good weekend in prospect. Uh, first of all, I need to ask, um, you've obviously, you're now full-time in the role, because last time we spoke, you were um, flitting in between there and the SFA, but now you're full-time with the SWPL. How's it going? It's going really well. Uh, you're right, the last time we spoke, I think I was in a bit of a, I think it was called a hybrid role, but that's just a, a phrase that means you're doing two jobs, I think. Um, so I think now being able to focus fully on all things SWPL, it's a breath of fresh air from my perspective, just having that day-to-day focus on one area of the game, which is the domestic league and the clubs that we work with. So um, I loved my time at Scottish FA, but it is nice now to have um, one day job. Yeah, and, and how's it been working um, you know, with the clubs to try and... Because uh, obviously the biggest challenge with any of these sets itself is getting everyone the same page because obviously the perceptions of the men's, men's game is they all think about themselves, but how different is it in the women's game from that point of view? Is there more of a focus on... Whilst they might have their own agendas, there seems to be more of a drive towards make, growing the game more than growing themselves. Yeah, John, that's, re- that's a really sort of accurate reflection of where we're at. Um the clubs are really competitive when it comes to on the pitch. It's no different to men's football or any football. They want to beat each other and they'll look for that competitive advantage on the pitch. But I think it's when we're off the pitch and even just looking back through the process of setting up the league and maybe did a, a sort of branding exercise. We brought all the clubs into Hamden for a day and it was really interesting just hearing what the league meant to the clubs. And they all had really similar views about it being something that they all felt part of. It was really important to them. The sort of Scottishness of it was reflected. It was something that they were proud of, but wanted to be even more proud of and advanced. So trying to kind of keep those values at the forefront of everything that we do and the decisions that we make. We've actually got an all-club meeting coming up um, in December. So that's another opportunity for us just to take stock and listen to the clubs. And that's really important as well. It's not about me or the staff or the board driving on things without that sort of consultation with the clubs and that's how it'll work that's the only way it'll work is if we keep sort of speaking to each other 
everyone won't always agree on everything. And I think, you know, that's the same in life as it is in football. But I think if we stick to our principles and we have that open line of communication, it, it keeps us in a good space. And, and so far, it's been uh, really, really positive. And I know Neil wouldn't mind me saying this from the SPFL, Neil Doncaster. I think one of the first meetings he came into, he was sort of blown away by the real difference in the women's game, that real sense of collaboration. He recognised that from day one, and that's somebody that's worked really closely with, with the men's club. So uh, it stands us in good stead to, to make the right decisions moving forward. Uh, Fiona, just on that, I was I was going to ask a question just about that openness and you know almost that um, friendliness between clubs and whatnot. I've I've noticed speaking to a lot of players that there's and this might be true in the men's game, but they seem to be more open about it in the women's game. Of um, you know. A lot of players being pals with former teammates, someone that maybe they were involved with at Scotland schools level or, or something like that. And um, there's, you know, oh yeah, I was speaking to so and so. I think they are now at Spartans or they're now at Celtic and they're doing well. And that's that's really encouraging. And from the interviews I've done with male players, that doesn't seem to be the same case. So it's maybe a bit of uh, a bit more openness from that point of view. So leading on from that. I think it's brilliant to see the interaction with uh, the female players, with fans, not just at games, but also online now on, on, on Twitter. Is that something that um, you at the SWPL would encourage? Are you, are you looking for players to be open or uh, is there maybe training for them to be a wee bit more guarded in social media? Um, what's your kind of take on that? I think on balance, Vinny, for me, that connection that the, the players have with fans... Is something that makes women's football special and we never want to lose that. You're right to an extent, the higher profile we get and the more attention that's put on the women's game, which we know will undoubtedly come and we see it already. Um, perhaps, yes, everyone needs to be that a little bit more careful because the spotlight's on us and the scrutiny will come that comes with that. But at the same time, I think it's a breath of fresh air to hear players speaking with honesty about um, their feelings or friendships in the game, really connecting with fans that come to games. And I, I don't think we ever want to lose that. So that's something that, from my perspective in the league, it's kind of one of our unique selling points that everyone's so relatable and accessible. And we, we really don't want to lose that. But at the same time, I take on board your point. There's that a little bit of um, just being careful. The more scrutiny the league and the players come under, that, that they're equipped to deal with what comes with that. Maybe a little bit extra attention that comes their way. But I'd never want to lose that connection that we have between kids, fans and the players and even the coaches at clubs as well. No, I, I, that's that's really nice to hear. I think we've spoken about um, that on on this podcast before, Fiona. About it's one of the main attractions for you know myself and my family going along to the women's games. You know whether it's Scotland or whether it's Partick Thistle. You know everything's so accessible. You know I I can walk about with my two year old at the game and no one bats an eyelid. Everything's absolutely fine. Whereas if you try that. You know, at Fur Hill, you know, the vast majority of fans will be fine, but there'll be other people raising an eyebrow or, um, you know, we question why we're walking about and blocking their view and things. It's, it's just a totally different atmosphere. So that's really nice to hear. Um, and, and, you know, that balance will continue to be struck, I'm sure. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I've got a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And so I feel your pain that they don't sit still when you're at a, at a match. And I've had them at... They've been at a Rangers game, an Aberdeen game, a Hibs game. You know, they've been at a few grounds and it's just normal for them and it's really welcoming. 
And even when up to Aberdeen, they invited me into the boardroom and I said, look, I'm bringing the kids, it's fine, just give me a normal seat. And they were like, no, no, bring them in. And there was other kids running about in there and it was really welcome. The same at Hibs, they had kids' snacks and everything. So the whole vibe and atmosphere is, as somebody that's been at a lot of men's games as well, it's just far more relaxed and comfortable to take your, your kids along to and you just feel like you're one of many families that are there rather than sort of standing out like a sore thumb, as you say. Yeah, definitely. Fam- family atmospheres are certainly something that's um, welcome across. It should be welcome across every game, to be perfectly honest, but it's even more encouraging to see being welcomed in the women's game and um, long may it continue. So let's go into the games um, this weekend. As we say, it's Derby Day. It kicks off on Saturday night with um, Rangers versus Celtic. I do have to ask this, um, Fiona, because obviously the Men's World Cup's on just now and there's opportunity for sta- um, the, the, the big stadiums to be used. And we'll touch on that soon. Do you know what is the reason that Ibrox hasn't been made available for this weekend when there's the opportunity there? I'm not sure, John. Being blunt and honest, that's a genuinely a question for Rangers. I know Rangers have played a few games in Ibrooks now. I think it was Aberdeen last year and then the European game against Benfica mm-hmm. this season. So I, I, I'm not sure. It's obviously not their primary ground, so their substantive ground is where they're playing at the weekend. They may have taken a view that they'd rather have a, a busy Broadwood than a less busy Ibrooks, but I, that, I'm totally guessing and pontificating there that's that's not something I've heard direct from the club. So um, that's probably one for, for Rangers. But we're on the, yeah. the, ops, the ops call about that game today and they're, they're doing a heap of promotion. It's not about... They certainly seem to be trying to get a big crowd along and it looks like that crowd's building and they're already potentially looking to open in a second stand um, for the weekend already. The ticket sales have been pretty quick out the door and you'll see a lot of promotion ramping up as the week goes on. So I certainly don't think it'll affect the, the atmosphere, but... As for sort of Ibrooks and that side of it, that's definitely one for for Rangers. Yeah, we'll put that to them. Um, you know, next the next time we do something like this, hopefully, hopefully they do some late in the season because you say they did do the Champions League game to be fair, they did the Aberdeen game last season, and it shouldn't distract from this weekend. But when you've seen down in England that you've had the Emirates Open, Villa Park Open, and things like, that, um, you can understand why people um will ask that question, can't you? Yeah, and it's a healthy question to ask because it shows that people care and that's something I've said for a long time now. I, I think scrutiny and questions are, are fair and I'd much rather have that than, than apathy. Um, so no, I think it's a fair and legitimate question. Yeah, thank Well, uh, as we move on to the game, it has been played at um, Rangers Women's Natural Home this season of Broadwood. It's at 5.30, it is on um, Alba, but um, it's only £3 adult and £1 for concession juvenile, which is really good um, for a game between first versus third. Rangers have been unbeaten since uh, June 2021. They went entire last season undefeated as they they won the title, Um, but Celtic can go above them if they win. They're sitting in third place. Dave, what's your thoughts going into um, this weekend? with that match, where do you see this one going? Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one because obviously Rangers drew with Glasgow City on Sunday there. I didn't catch much of the game, but by all accounts, obviously Glasgow City scored their goal, then Rangers bounced back with the penalty and uh, didn't, look like it was, didn't look like there was a lot separating the sides. But when you look at Rangers, obviously they've been consistent for a few seasons now, consistent last year and sitting comfortably at the top this year. But as you say, if Celtic can go win on Sunday, uh, Celtic can go top of the league, of course. But Celtic are a funny team because Celtic obviously could beat the Spartans in the, in the the Sky Sports Cup, Fiona. That's it. Yep, correct. So just before I got it wrong there. Uh, but when you look at Celtic, they've been 
they've been a funny side because I watched against Glasgow City uh, on the album and they looked pretty decent. The, the, yeah, they, they lost the game ultimately, but the, the style of football they played, the, the force play they played, the fact they got the ball forward was, was good to see. So I think we're going to expect a good, a good, intense game here. And what people have to remember is Celtic seem to have the upper hand in Rangers when it comes to one-on-one battles. So, uh, yeah, Fran Lawrence will say won't go away without a fight, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's certainly got the makings of a good game. I mean, Celtic did beat Rangers in both cup competitions last season, but Rangers also won all three league games against Celtic, so it'll be um, a real interesting affair at, um, at Broadwood. Um, and Rangers just come off the back of that draw with uh, Glasgow City, one of two undefeated teams. It was a, um, a bit of a, um, I only got to catch bits of this game at the end, but it looked as though Glasgow City were hanging on for dear life at one point, but... Um, it just shows how close the two, the two sides are. That, um, it ended 1-1 with basically two penalties exchanged for you. Yeah, I think that's the beauty at the top of the league. There was nothing between the top three until um, just a, a few weeks ago when um, Celtic dropped points. So they won't be, they'll be certainly not looking to drop any more points when it comes to, to playing Rangers. And as you've said there, John, these games have been really tight, really hard to call. Celtic have won or done a little bit better in the Cups, but Rangers tradition the league have been strong. There's so little between those two teams. It will probably come down to a moment. It will be somebody that does something brilliant, or hopefully not a mistake. But these things happen. But from my perspective, see if we can get a big crowd in there. It's live on Alba. We can get a lot of people watching two of the best teams in the country going toe to toe on a Saturday night. For me, that's exciting, and that's what that's what we're here for. That's what we want. We want these big games being showcased at a time that's accessible for people to come and watch them. So. And it also allows people to get along to a game on Sunday as well. It's kind of one of the rare opportunities we've had to spread the games out over the weekend. Just the venue's been more available to us and the broadcasters having a little bit more capacity. So it'll be interesting to see across the board if, if that impacts on crowds and those that are, are watching on TV as well, that it's not all games at one time on a Sunday. So the general women's football fan, of which there are many, um, we can maybe get to a few games over the weekend. Yeah, Fiona, uh, is, is that decision to hold the game at 5.15 on a Saturday? Is that, is that broadcast decision or is that Rangers decision? Um, most of the broadcast decision, to be fair, as a league, we put a lot of the derby games on this weekend, knowing that the World Cup was on. Um, the view was we'll try and get some of the, the fans that would maybe normally go to their men's equivalent team to come along and watch their women's team in, in, a, in a big game. We didn't want sort of big derbies all clashing at the same time because we're also where there's a lot of general women's football fans that exist in Scotland that actually will travel and like to go and watch maybe Hibs v Hearts and Rangers v Celtic. So we spoke to the broadcasters, obviously traditionally Alba do a, a 10 past four on a Sunday, but with the um, men's premiership not being on, they had scope to do a Saturday game as well. So it was our call at the league that we encouraged that and wanted to have two games, one on the Saturday and one on the Sunday and you can see why they've picked the games that they have, a top-of-the-table clash with Rangers and Celtic. And then I'm sure you're coming to it soon, Join the, the big Hibs v Hearts uh, derby at Easter Road with a, what's looking like a, a pretty bumper crowd going there. We'll save that banter for later on. Um, and who cares about the World Cup? Scotland's not there, so there's no interest. <laughs> um, hopefully next time, though. Um, but the next game we'll, we'll come on to is Partick Thistle versus Glasgow City, the Peter's Hill Derby, as it's known. Um, and we've got DJ Vinny, um, who I understand will be doing <laughs> MC at um, Peter's Hill again on Saturday. Um, I understand there's a bit of a fun day um, happening that will hopefully entice one or two more people along. Yeah, yeah, that should be fun. And thanks for that uh, introduction there, uh, 
John, Fiona, for clarification, I've found myself uh, being roped into being the stadium announcer at Petersill for uh, part of this. So, so um, yeah, I've, I've been enjoying that. But, uh, yes, Sunday, I'm I'm just really looking forward to this. You know, as the, um, you'll, I think you'll find the, the form team in the league at the moment, uh, Thistle are just doing terrifically well. And although City are so strong, I'm, I'll, I'll go back to that game that you mentioned, that, that City Celtic game a few weeks ago. That that was just such a terrific advert for the league. It was one of the best games I've seen in a long, long time. It was um, real end to end stuff, chances. Um, you, you know, in terms of quality, you don't always want to see mistakes, but there were mistakes, and that made it really exciting. So it was it was a terrific game, and so you see how 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 good City are. I think we were all a wee bit worried they might fall away with the strength of Rangers and Celtic. But they're right up there, so th- this is going to be a, 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 a. I hope it's going to be a terrific game. But yes, John, you, you spoke about the, the the fun day that's going to happen. So from kickoffs at one, um, but from twelve o'clock onwards, um, Thistle are putting on a you know a wide variety of family uh, fun activities. Um, you know, getting to meet the players and everything like that. Which you know we spoke about that accessibility, Fiona. So there'll be plenty of that. Um, even more than than usual on on Sunday, and uh, yeah, I, I, uh, the music will obviously be amazing. <laughs> Although this will do this uh, really nice thing. I, I like um, uh, before games they get one of the players to pick a pre-match playlist. Uh, the way he sets them up and the biggest compliment I can give Thistle is nobody wants to play them whenever anyone's got Thistle it's like oof, this is going to be a hard game nobody goes in thinking this is going to be a simple game or an easy game and you know that, that that's the biggest compliment I think Partick Thistle can take that nobody wants to play them at this point in time because you know you're in for, you're in for a game so it'll be interesting something we'll give around that top three this weekend but also further down the table it'll be interesting how it sort of sets out pre-Christmas. You've got Thistle, Hearts, Motherwell, all in about that sort of middle part of the, the table. And we've got a split this year. So top six is important. Um, so teams will be looking already starting to you know, jostle for position. So it'll be interesting to see where we are at the, at the end of this weekend's fixtures. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a battle. And um, if anyone wants to go along to Peter Sellers, Finney says it's a one o'clock kickoff, £7 for adult. And it's free entry for, is it children and concessions, Finney? Uh, def- definitely for children, free entry for children. Not sure about uh, concessions. I think it's just the, the blanket £7. Right, okay, cool. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, next up, um, it's the only game that isn't a derby. It's just a wee bit unfortunate <laughs> this is the way things have fallen, but this by no means should fall into the wayside either. Spartans versus Glasgow. Still a key game for both sides. Spartans have been a wee bit hit and miss. You know, one week, the it must frustrate Debbie McCulloch, um, who we've had in the show, brilliant. Um, ninth, and, ninth and league, they'll be disappointed at that, but Glasgow women, they've really had a rough ride in their first season at the top fight, 10 games, 10 defeats, and you wonder where the first point's coming from, Fiona? Yeah, I was at their first game of the season, and that really tough game against Rangers, and probably wouldn't have asked for that fixture in the, in the opening day. What I will say is, if you look at the results, they, they have begun They've begun to settle a little, um, although they're still losing games. They've been in games. I think Hamilton beat them by a late goal. I think it was a 4-3 game. They had so they've, they've started to compete in games and they'll know the games that they're going into with the teams around them that they've got a chance and they can start to compete. Um, 
Spartans have just had a really interesting season. The highs of you know penalty shootout wins and beating Celtic in the quarterfinal of the Sky Sports Cup. I was through at their game against Rangers for the, the, the semi-final in the Cup and they've, they've got some really good players and they play good football and you're right, Debbie's a fantastic manager there. They just seem to have a little bit of inconsistency at the moment and I'm sure Debbie will be the most frustrated out of everyone about that. They're an established you know, top side in the league. They, they'll be hoping and expecting to be in that top six so maybe this will be the game that you know kickstarts them get into a little bit of run of form and in the league that's certainly what Debbie will be hoping for I'm sure and they've still got Becky Galbraith who tweeted um, earlier when we recorded this on the Tuesday that she was considered amongst the top 20 um, SWPL players and she was still very happy at that so it shows how down to earth she is so she's going to be key um, £7 for an adult £4 concessions and under 16 is free for this one uh, Dave how do you um, see this one going, do you think um, Glasgow will get their first point or do you think Spartans will be too strong this weekend? I think Spartans will be too uh, pardon me, I think Spartans will be professional for, for Glasgow women, I mean Glasgow women as Fiona has alluded to have kind of picked up lately, they have had a few respectable results, I mean when you look at back at it, and the, the, the transformations, Glasgow women went to Rangers and opened the day of the season and we were speaking about this John privately Speaking about the fact that it was double figures, and we looked at Glasgow women and went, This could be an extremely long season. And even down the line, they were still getting some big results uh, down, down, their no- down their neck. Even Dungeon United, I think Dungeon United played them the week after, and it was still a 4 0 or something comprehensive, which tells you, told you everything you need to know about it. If Glasgow City were, were always going to be uh, a side that you, you just weren't sure how they were going to get on, and you, you always knew they were going to struggle. Spartans at home in this game in question and Angel Park has, has been renowned for being a, a fortress and Spartans are a really, really good side at home. I think I think Spartans are a better side at Angel Park than they are away from home. I think away from home, the, the, especially this season, they've kind of struggled away from home. Uh, but this is a big few weeks coming up for Spartans in the because they've got Glasgow women this Sunday and they've got to go to Aberdeen uh, a week on Sunday. So this is a big game for, for Spartans on Sunday. It's an opportunity for them to pull clear of the rest of the chase of back of the league table, especially the Valverde not doing very well just now. Yeah, and you've led that on nicely to the other game at one o'clock on um, Sunday, uh, Dundee United against uh, Aberdeen. Um, Dundee United, and it's the first time these two have met in the top flight. Uh, and Dundee United have kindly moved the game to Tannadice, which um, is really good from, from their perspective. They're doing okay. They got a good result at the weekend. Um, now in eighth place at the table. They had to took that by now. Aberdeen, fifth last season. It's fair to say this has been a disappointing um, campaign for Emma Hunter and um, Gavin Beath, Dave. Um, again, you know, I'm bringing you in again because you're the North East correspondent on this podcast. So, <laughs> you know, First of all, the move from this uh, to to tie this first, it's by the way, it's five pound adults and free for concessions and Dundee United season ticket holders. What do you th- what's your thoughts on this one? Close one. Yeah, first and foremost, can I make a point in the fact that games at Tarrys? And I think it's a good thing from Dungeon United's point of view because every week, and Fiona have noticed this herself, every week when Dungeon United's at home, it's due to capacity restrictions. Please buy your tickets via this link when there won't be that problem whatsoever. This Sunday, this Sunday will be a case of uh, get yourselves into what, either the main stand or the stand adjacent. They were in the adjacent stand when they got the SWPL2 title uh, last season after obviously beating St. Johnson when that game was at Tardis end of the season. And it'll be a good, another good occasion for Dungeon United. Dungeon United, you see, have a good occasion. 
United have a 100% record whenever they've played at Paradise because they've played, they played Cove when they won the Championship title and they won that 4-0, I think. And then obviously they played St. Johnson's as I to at the end of last season and won that 2-1 and they came from a goal behind in that game in question. Uh, but they're up against, uh, well, obviously Hearty's, Hearty, Hearty's side got a good win on Sunday, beating Spartans by two goals to one. And as we've touched upon, Spartans are... Um, erratic, hot and cold, and a side that you look at and say, uh, well, we don't know where, where they're going, but Dungeon United are starting to pick up a little bit. I think Dungeon United have lost games with the old goal, and they've been a little bit frustrated. And um, what I will say is, Dungeon United have came into this league for the first time and been very, very competitive. They obviously went to the Rangers, who are far more formidable, with all due respect, and Rangers only dished them out the five uh, up at Broadwood, and then they've been competitive. Against Celtic, maybe not as much as Glasgow City, because obviously that was a seven 0 But uh, apart from that, they've been feeling competitive, and um, yeah, um, this this is a big game to see where Dungeon are at this stage of the season. But, but at the same time, massive game for Aberdeen as well, because uh, as you said, it's the first time the both sides have played in the, in the league. Um, for for Dungeon it's an opportunity to building out home form. Uh, I just remembered that uh, one of the against my ball and obviously there was that offside goal that we touched uh, that was touched upon in the BBC. Uh, I don't think that was <laughs> I don't think a lot of people at Dungeon United were too pleased about that one. But they're up against the Aberdeen side it's simply eight points. There's no other way to put it and Emma Hunt and Gavin Beefle be working hard to turn things around. Let's not forget Gavin used to coach at Dungeon United. So it's gonna be a massive game for him as well. And Aberdeen are a young team, as are Dungeon United. So it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be an intriguing game this week, Tanner and Sunday. Yeah, thanks for telling the Aberdeen fan Dungeon United are 100% records whenever they played at Tanner That fills me a lot of confidence right now. <laughs> um, but hopefully, um, from an Aberdeen fan's point of view, that Emma Hunter and, um, and Cole can turn that around. But Fiona, is, we've touched on this, it's a key game for both sides. You know, Dungeon United can pull that wee bit further clear and start maybe th- dreaming of the top six. And Aberdeen have a chance to pull teams in with them. And my goodness, Aberdeen need it because having beat Glasgow women, you think that might have kicked them on. To beat the way they did at Motherwell at the weekend was a bit of a disappointment. They're kicking the teeth. Yeah, I think that's maybe been the story of Aberdeen's season. And sometimes that's what comes with having a young team. Maybe they overachieved last year, year Aberdeen, when they came up. The expectations were yeah. slightly lower because they'd just been promoted. And you get that first season bounce when expectation is low but when you finish as high in the league as they did they've set their own standard and they've been judged by that standard and, and rightly so um, but I think from my perspective you know the reason we put these derbies on these dates was to try and get into stadiums so the fact that the game's at Tanadice I think I saw on social media earlier they're giving so many tickets to the community foundation as well to try and give out tickets in the local community that's what it's all about. I, I was up at the last game at Tanadice. I don't have as many stats as David there, right enough. He, he seems to know every um, Dundee United's game at Tanadice. But that last game was brilliant. They got the trophy, as you say. They came from behind, beating St Johnston. And you could see how much it meant to the players playing on that pitch, the connection they had with the, the fans and the stand. And I think what Dundee United have done, putting the game in the stadium, making the ticket prices really reasonable, but also giving out those free tickets in the community, that's what we want to see on games like this. And then you hope the game's a spectacle itself. I think if you look at the table, it looks like it's going to be a close game. As you say, I think for Aberdeen, they're getting into kind of must-win territory. They, they really don't want to get left behind um, and too detached in that sort of bottom two. So it'll be an interesting game, but one that 
I always like when you look at a game and both teams will believe they can win it. And I think that's exactly how that game set up. Both teams will believe they can win it, but they'll need to play well to do it. Um, but just another good advert for Scottish women's football that we've got a game in a, in a major stadium in, in Dundee. Absolutely, and it's um, also good to know that you took on the feedback I gave um, in our last podcast because I suggested that this kind of weekend was was good. So I won't claim credit because I'm pretty sure you just had that in your mind before you even spoke to me. So, <laughs> but we'll move on. To the... notes tonight, John, in case you give me any more nuggets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll try my best. Um, so we'll move on to the um, the next game, the Sorry, uh, Hamilton versus Mallow. Sorry, can Are I make no, no, I'll, can I make a note to, to obviously you guys that I think it's good that obviously this game's a BBC iPlayer on Sunday because... Oh yeah, that just getting nice tonight, yeah? Yeah, um, obviously a lot of the games that have been on telly, either in the past or now, of course, have been a lot of games that have involved the teams at the top end of the table. And I, I think it's going to be good exposure for Dungeon and Aberdeen to both be in telly, of, of course. Dungeon this will be the first time they've been in telly. And I don't think Aberdeen have been in telly before if they're Fiona. Um, I think they've been on an Alba game before, um, but maybe not on the BBC Live stream. But I guess that's, again, the, the benefit of spreading the games over the weekend. Alba have still taken two games, but that's freed up maybe a game that hasn't or wouldn't have been picked if there was only maybe one live Alba game. There's a fair chance the live stream on BBC would have been the Hibs Hearts or Rangers Celtic game. So I think that's another benefit to spreading the games out. As you say, it just gives exposure to different teams and it'll be interesting to see the sort of viewing figures when, when they turn out at the end of the season or, or later in the year as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and we will keep on, on top of it. Vinny, were you going to ch- chip in there with something? Uh, no, I, I was maybe just jumping the gun, getting ready for talking about the next game, which yeah. um, looks absolutely delicious, to be quite honest. Yes. Yeah, uh, Lanarkshire Derby, um, Hamilton versus Motherwell um, at New Douglas Park, where Hamilton do play all their matches. Um, price of £5 adults, £2 concessions, free for under 16s and um, season ticket holders for Hamilton Aki's fans. Um, 10th versus 7th in the league. Um, Vinny, you're also keen to get um, you know, stuck into this. Um, which, how do you see this game going? I'd, well, that. That's what I'm excited about. It could really go either way. Uh, had the uh, you know been able to see um, Motherwell recently, and obviously um, there wasn't a live stream of the game uh, against uh, Thistle at the weekend, but um, I paid close attention to the extended highlights um, to to look at Aki's. And um, yeah, both these teams, I think you know we spoke about Aberdeen maybe have been a wee bit frustrated about the start to the season, and both these teams have come really close to getting. You know, even better results. They're both sitting on three wins each. Um, both, you know, lots of talent in, in the squads. A special mention, I could talk about her for ages, but uh, Kayla McDonald and Gua, seeing her at Peter's Hill a few weeks ago, what a difficult player to play against. She's just got so much power, so much pace, and she's, you know, got a great shot on her as well. Um, just got loads and loads of time for her. So um, I think it would be an absolutely terrific game. You know, really encourage anyone in, in, in the area to get along to that one. Um, you know, I've obviously got an eye on the Thistle game at the weekend. There's the, the old firm, there's the Edinburgh Derby. There's a lot going on, but this could be a, a, an absolute belter between these two teams. Yeah, and I mentioned, you mentioned... Um... And go up for a McDonald's up front. Um, or some McDonald's and go, should I say? 
Hamilton striker um, Josie Giard has um, been very impressive, Dave, since she's um, um, come to Aki's. I mean, she's got a good few goals and she's a, um, someone who I think could move to a bigger club within um, the SWPL one. Yeah, she was a bit of work at She was obviously used to be at Celtic before. She was a little bit of work at Celtic by all accounts, either through injury or just walking game time. I don't know what it was, but uh, she was a little bit of work there and obviously she got a move to Hamilton where she kind of knew she was going to get game time and she's, that's been proven to, to, to work um, to, to good for she for all parties concerned because she's going into Hamilton scoring goals and helping a, a Hamilton side uh, go away from the troubles they encountered last season had uh, it not been for the relegation they'd have, they'd have gotten themselves relegated so uh, it was a good thing from their perspective and it's kind of gave them a year to go and uh, learn and evolve and develop and uh, being a, a good established uh, SWPL one side and you can see with the improvements they've shown this season they, they've got off to a terrific start to the season beating Aberdeen and then Glasgow women they've kind of petered away a little bit but um, yeah Hamilton have still been competitive and probably a lot more competitive than perceived last season which I think is majorly encouraging for the, for the league as a whole yeah, definitely. I think that's been the key. They've not been leaking as many goals as they were in certain games last season. Um, Fiona, another another crack. I mean, Hamilton won the game at Fir Park last season between the two sides. And Motherwell looking for back-to-back wins for the first time this season. Motherwell, I say to, I thought would be real contenders for the top six. And they still are. But I think I was expecting a wee bit more consistency from them this season that they'll be looking to address this weekend. Yeah, and I know, you know, Paul Brownlee and Leanne Clayton in there, it's the same at Hamilton, you've got Gary and Bobby, people that have been around the women's game for a long time, and I think it's very similar to the last game we spoke about, both teams will be going in thinking, this is a winnable game, it's a derby, as you see, Hamilton went and maybe upset things by winning the game at Fir Park, so there's maybe a little bit of revenge on, on the minds of Motherwell to go and, and get that away victory. Again, credit to Hamilton. We've spoken about clubs moving games to their main stadium. Hamilton play every week at New Douglas Park, so it's important to acknowledge that as well, that they have got access to one of the main stadiums in the country every single week for their for their home games, which is brilliant. It just makes the environment for spectators and fans going along what you want it to be, a Premier League fixture. In terms of the game, I think it's one, it's probably one of the hardest ones to, to call because both teams have been a little bit inconsistent. Both will think that, that it's a winnable game for them. So I think we'll sit in the fence. I'm going for a draw on that one. I think um, it's an easy one. And the other thing to mention is Hamilton have obviously brought in their new um, director who's sitting on the Hamilton Hamilton board, which is really encouraging to see this week, that connection between the women's team uh, and the sort of men's premiership side as well. So hopefully that bodes well for Hamilton in terms of the investment and infrastructure that they've got around their, their women's set up going forward, that they've got that representation um, at, at board level. Yeah, well, um, all positive stuff from those games. And now we're on to the to end the weekend. You couldn't have asked for much better than this. Um, Hibs against Hearts is getting played at Easter Rose. It's not the first time that an Ember Derby's been moved to the bigger stadiums. Um, and Hibs are making this entirely free. If you want to pay some, you get hospitality for £10 in the Albion Bar. But other than that, if you get a regular seat, it's it's free for anyone, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, from what I'm reading, over 10,000 um, tickets have already gone, and we're only on Tuesday, so there could be more by the time this podcast goes out on Thursday and come Sunday, of course. Um, you get six place Hibs against them. Um, a heart side who really have improved this season in fourth place, deserve to be fourth place. Eve Ollard, I think, after a year of transition, is really getting um, her side the way she wants them to. 
Fiona, we'll start with you in this one. This, I mean, this, this for me, realise that um, if this doesn't whet your appetite for the women's game in Scotland, I don't know what will. I know this is a this is a utopia, isn't it? Getting a ten thousand fans and fans in the Scottish Women's Premier League. As a derby is exciting. Hibs v Hearts on a public park is exciting. But in Easter Road with that sort of crowd level, that'll be something that the players generally, maybe those that have played at international level, have played in front of crowds. It'll be interesting to see how the players react to a crowd of that size because that is a new sort of dynamic to this game. I saw some of the build-up on Sky Sports today, so they spoke to Dean and Eva. Even that's fantastic that Sky are going out and previewing the game, speaking to the managers. They both spoke really, really well about, obviously, the game, first and foremost. As managers, they want three points, and I think they'll take a win, however it comes. But they both recognise the importance of the moment, that this is a, a sort of showcase moment for women's football in Scotland and that they're part of it. Both clubs deserve a lot of credit for how they've worked together to make this work. And I know that this has been in the making for months and months. Um, this isn't something just in the last few weeks they've started to promote. And I think it's bearing fruit in terms of the crowd that you're seeing. Um, and there's also the Capital Cup element to it, which is something a little bit different. Um, when that came across my desk, I was thinking, well, this is this is something new. Um, but the winner of the game will obviously also be the winner of the, the first Capital Cup, um, which just adds a different dynamic to the game. It's first and foremost a, a Premier League game and the three points will be what they're after. But I think it's good to be a little bit innovative. It's, I guess it's similar to the Calcutta Cup and rugby, isn't it? That, that one-off game, there's meaning in the game itself beyond just the points in the league. So no, I'm going along to that one as well um, on Sunday. So thoroughly looking forward to it. And again, another one hard to call. Uh, which is brilliant for the game. That's what we want, that unpredictability that, that you go into a game not sure how it's going to go. And, and by the both sides, have also um, seen a couple of their players move into the Scotland squad. We've seen Lee Eddie's been in a couple, but Lee McAllister, um, she scored a great goal the other week. Um, oh, she's yeah. been in a couple of um, squads recently as well. I mean, that's great, great in itself, but I mean, um, I mean, we're, we're not trying to take away from any of the other five. Absolutely not. There, there's um, six great games in total, but just because 10,000 people at this one, it'll be a domestic record, will be smashed and beating Hips and Hearts from last season. It's just got a um, good feel about it, hasn't it? It does. It's really nice. Uh, I'd like to suggest to Fiona that if um, Hibs and Hearts have got the Capital Cup, uh, can uh, Glasgow City and Partick Thistle fight it out for the PZ Cup? I think that would be a good shout if we're talking about innovations. Um, no, it's, it's going to be a terrific game. And just a, a, a wee point on, on the free tickets, um, because I, th- I think... You know, with with anything, when when you, when you put your head above the parapet and you make suggestions and you, you have innovations, there'll always be critics and there'll always be, um, uh, you know, people having their say. And I think with free tickets, quite often, um, you see the kind of you know derogatory remarks about about you know giving tickets away, and that's not necessarily what it is. It's about what we spoke about earlier about that accessibility we're giving people the opportunity yes to try something out i truly believe that attendances will continue to grow as as attending women's games in scotland becomes a habit it's become a habit for for me i've seen it happen and you know my family go along to games now um you know whereas it wasn't really on on my radar you know before scotland in that world cup recently 
and I, I see how it's grown for me. Um, so I just I think it's tremendous, really, really great. And like you said, to completely, you know, not just beat a domestic um, attendance record, but it's it's going to be crazy numbers. It's re- really exciting to see. And uh, obviously that that game's on uh, Sunday afternoon. So after. After the PZ Cup, I'll get to go and watch that on the telly. Um, but yeah, really, really exciting. And you spoke about it, John, about the, the, the job that uh, Eva Olid's uh, done there as well. Uh, I don't know if you, you heard Graham Falk's um, uh, new podcast, When Sunday Comes. Um, he did a brilliant inter- He's done loads of great interviews with some really big names. Um, and he, he had Georgia Timms on it a few weeks ago. Really recommend going to, to listen to that. Um, and the way she spoke about what's happening at Hearts, and it was really good to get someone who's very experienced. You know, just she, she's not old; I think she's only twenty-four, but she's very experienced in all the uh, English league setups. To hear her uh, give her perspective on on the growth of the game in Scotland was really interesting. Uh, highly recommend if that's okay, John. Uh, people listen to a different Absolutely. podcast um, uh, for, for a change. Because uh, it was it was brilliant, and uh, you you know talk about visibility of the game and, and whatnot. What um, what Graham's doing at the moment is is terrific. Um, all of the podcasts so far have, have been really interesting, but I highly recommend that one with uh, with uh, Georgia Timms. It was excellent. Yeah, I spoke to Graham at the um, recent Scotland Ireland game, so I'm more than happy for you to give a shout out to him. Uh, I'm glad to see that because he was having difficulty getting his um, podcast off the ground. Um, and I said, just if you need any tips, just let me know. So I'm glad to see it's got off the ground. So um, good luck, Graham, with um, with all that. Um, Dave, what's um, your thoughts going to this? To say, Hibs um, are currently six, Hearts are forced. Hearts will be looking to increase that gap on them, and Hibs looking for a good boost ahead of the. Um, Sky Sports Cup final in a couple of weeks' time. Um, how do you see this going? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you seen it with some of the Hibs Hearts games last year, where obviously both the games, well, two, two out of the three games, I think, were held at Easter Road in Tynecastle. So there was some brilliant games. I mean, the the first game at Easter Road uh, was first five 0 Hibs, but I think Hearts were still a little bit of transition in that period in, in time, whilst uh, they played each other at Tynecastle and around about this time last year, actually. And Hibs came away with a 2 0 win, but it was a little bit more um, competitive between the between both sides. And I think um, I think Hearts. I think last year was a good transition year for Hearts because it allowed them to kind of process and develop, uh, going semi pro or pro. Um, I, I, I don't know if they're full time or got hybrid or, or probably the two. But uh, also Hearts have had a, a very strong start to the season, and they've been very strong at home and been competitively from home and. Uh, been given some good teams, some good games, and when they've ever went to a Glasgow City, a Hearts, uh, sorry, a Celtic or a, or a Rangers, they've always been competitive. They kept the scoreline down. It's not like there's some teams that have went there and, and had fives and sixes and sevens against them. Now we feared the worst for Hibs after that uh, tumultuous nine-all show and the opening day of the season. We feared the worst. And, um, let's be honest, we spoke about social media and so forth. Earlier in the show, and Hibs took a right battering off the park um, that that night in question. But they're a resilient bunch. Hibernian, the Dean Gibson's been in that job since before COVID. You wouldn't have think, you wouldn't have thought, because he's not been in charge for too much games when you think about it. But um, they're such a resilient bunch, Hibs, because let's be honest, when Chris Roberts and who else was it? Well, Grant Scott 
when they both moved on from Hibs respectively after their respective tenure periods, I thought this was kind of the beginning of the end for Hibs, just in terms of obviously how they were competitive, how they were so successful on the park, how they won the Cups that they did. And I thought they were beginning at the end because Hibs were kind of having a bit of a sticky patch, but they've bounced back well, as you said, in the Cup final, the Sky Sports in a couple weeks' time at Tynecastle. And uh, this is going to be a massive game with 10,000 people, uh, minimum, minimum going. And I think, I think both, I think, in, I think it's going to be a real festival for Edinburgh. It's going to be a festival for Edinburgh. There's no other way to put it. Hibs will be going there, looking to build some much new momentum prior to that final, but also bragging events in the line. And that's the most important thing here. But for Hearts, uh, an, opportunity, an opportunity to get a big win against the Edinburgh rivals. And Hibs have been described as that side that's going to be in the top four this year. This is an opportunity for Hearts to make a statement and say, we want to be overtaking Hibs here. We want to be getting our, our results. So, intriguing game lined up on Sunday. Just to pick up on uh, Vinny's point about the free tickets, it's something that we sort of procrastinated over at the Scottish FA when we were looking at women's national team as well. And as a balance you're striking between ensuring that you put value on the game and to put value on it, it's not about giving away as many free tickets as you can, but also making it accessible. And I think what we learned at the Scottish FA was how you distribute free tickets is really important. And the way Hibs have done it is the perfect way. It's that opt-in where you go to a website and you opt-in. It's like you're purchasing, but you're getting a free ticket because there's an, there's an intent when the individual or the family does that, that they're intending to go. Um, I think traditionally the idea of free tickets has been you go around all the schools in the area and just hand in piles of tickets and hope for the best that people will turn up. So I think you know the, the, the kind of terminology around free tickets, how you distribute them is really important. Yeah. For me, it's about just making tickets accessible. And if people opt in and proactively seek to get that free ticket, you, we found certainly at Scottish FA, I think about an 80% turn-up rate of people that had free tickets compared to this old sort of old method of just distributing hope for the best. You'd be below 50% um, because you weren't necessarily speaking to a captured market. So I'm hopeful that those that have opted in um, on Sunday will, will turn up. And it feels like we've still got time for that crowd to go up. Um, I think they're at 10 and a half as of earlier tonight. Um, I spoke to Dean Gibson. So that can go north of that figure given the sort of promotion that's still to come this week, which is... Pretty exciting for us all. Yeah, absolutely. As I say, we we recorded on the Tuesday. The podcast will have been put live on the Thursday morning. So even by then, you're expecting a few more to go, and hopefully even more by Sunday. Um, so, um, you know, we'll we'll wrap up very soon. Then, but last word, um, we've got to go with um, you, Fiona. Massive weekend. I don't think this has been done in the history of the um, women's Premiership. Derby's all on the same day or same weekend, should I say? Um, to, to those who are maybe swithering about whether um, to go or not because they might be worried, oh, it's late November, it's cold, Christmas is coming up, give them the excuse that, um, that they should be going to this because we've already given out the prices. Well, listen, if you live in Scotland, it's cold for about six months of the year, so that's no excuse not to do anything. At least. <laughs> you'd, never, you'd never leave the house if you use that as an excuse. But in all seriousness, if you look across our league, we've got professional players, international players, players that are local to their community, that it means the world to walk out of Tannadice um, on Sunday and play against their rivals. It'll mean the world for players to see a crowd, local people coming along to watch their local team. 
if you support a men's premiership side and they're not playing at the moment, then this is your sort of domestic fix, if you like, to get along and watch your club that you normally see. And actually, if you're just someone that fancies giving something new a try, then why wouldn't you go along? As you say, it's affordable. Most of the games are in decent grounds. There's also, we've got to say, some pretty good games in um, SWPL2 this weekend, um, which is a hugely competitive league with very little between a lot of the teams there. I think top played bottom at the weekend there and it was 2-0, so that tells you how competitive Premier League 2 is as well. So um, I, there's no excuses really not to get along and we've spread the games out. So if you've got a busy Saturday, get along on Sunday and vice versa. Absolutely. And we should also point out St Johnson are using McDermott Park for their game against Stirling University. I believe it's a two o'clock kickoff, but I didn't see full confirmation of that. So um good luck to yeah, good luck to every team across the SWPL one and two this weekend. Hope we get many records broken. We certainly will at Easter Road. Fiona, thanks very much for popping on and for um, promoting your league again. And Dave and um, DJ Vinny, thanks as always. Mm-hmm.